0: Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ.
1: Hey everyone, it's Kirsten Kirschbaum. I am so grateful to be here on this beautiful Sunday with my best friend, Danielle. Hey. Hey friends, how are you? We're doing great. And one thing that we're super excited about this morning, um, we didn't, well, let me just like back up a little bit. When we decided to start recording this podcast, there it, it's actually quite refreshing because we just are speaking from our hearts in our conversations with each other and with the Lord. And there's really never been like a you know, intention. Like, oh, I want to be the top podcaster. Or I want to be the top this or the top that. And we do a lot of that. Danielle and I work together in a business that we are constantly like, okay, we need more traffic and more people. And how do we, you know, bless the lives of other people in our business. In this capacity, we have felt so guided by the Lord and just 100% trusting of like whatever it's supposed to be, it will be. And we noticed that we have some really beautiful reviews. On iTunes, and we just want to express our gratitude for that. Thank you so much for your kind words and your ratings, and and all of that. It's something that we weren't necessarily like expecting, but um, and even those of you who have reached out personally, um, it means the world to us. It really does. And and again, it's not this feeling of like, oh, I did this great thing. It's more like, hey the Lord is speaking to each of us individually. And that is what you are feeling, right? It's the spirit directing your life. And we're so grateful for that.
0: Yeah, I agree. We feel so grateful. For me, it feels like just more united with you. And we're grateful that our conversations our friendship can be part of your lives and part of your um a friendship with you guys and so when yeah when i saw those reviews i'm like oh my goodness thank you because you know we're still human sometimes i'll be like oh you know i may have said something that i you know, I'm still learning and I may not have said it correctly. So it's nice to have reviews of just we're all on this learning journey together and just your your beautiful words of encouragement and just feeling united to you guys. So thank you. We would love to read more reviews and hear any other feedback or just some um, thoughts that you get from any of these podcasts. You can do so on iTunes and then also Podbean, which is where this is hosted. And on Podbean, you can leave comments. We'd love to chat with you. We just feel really united as sisters on this same journey and this same Time in history
1: <laughs> that's cool. I love that you brought up this journey in history <laughs> that's interesting. so right before this conversation, uh, we said a prayer and and I felt really guided to talk about my shortcomings and before we you know started recording, we always say this. A prayer, and in the prayer, I felt the need personally to repent and to ask for forgiveness from Heavenly Father for the things that I routinely do to distance myself from the Spirit. Um, these aren't major. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's major or minor. There's no judgment about you know which sin is greater or or lesser. But I I was I felt really. I was really feeling deeply into the concept of the distance that exists between me in my human nature and God and our savior in their divine, you know, in their divine existence and that gap that exists and how each week I get the opportunity to ask for that gap to be shortened. And hopefully you know, um, what's the word? Like (laughs) it make it go away, you know what I mean? Diminished or whatever, you know, and and really feeling into asking repeatedly for that gap to to go away. Um, and I know that it's like part of this routine, I am seeing a pattern in my life and probably in many of yours, where we routinely distance ourselves from the spirit. And then we routinely come back each week. If, if you are someone who goes to church and, you know, partakes of the sacraments, right? That would be like a routine that you go and do to draw back closer to God. And I can see how maybe in some people's lives, maybe even in my own, I feel like, geez, is this like am I still at this place where like I just routinely distance myself from the Lord? Like why would I intentionally do that? I know, you know, maybe the words that come out of my mouth are going to distance me from the Savior or the thoughts that I let stay in my head for too long are going to distance me from the Savior or the substances that I put in my body are going to distance me from the Savior, right? Or just the things that I put in my mind and the, the places that I stand in right? The locations, the physical locations, the, the places that I frequent, you know, all have the potential to distance me from my savior. And so if you know this, and we all do, why do we continually do it? And I think there's some real value here in acknowledging that we all do it right? Not saying that it's okay or not. Okay. That's not the point of this discussion, but we all routinely do it. And God knows that it's like part of his plan that we do. And so he gave us the atonement of Jesus Christ. He gave us this gift so that we can practice this routine of continuing to turn back and the turning is not like, I think Satan would have you believe that the turning is like bad. Like, Oh, here you go again. You're like, you're turning back again, you know? And the Lord's like, yeah, of course you're turning back again. That's what you're supposed to do. I created you to turn back again. It's part of your path. It's part of the routine. Yeah.
0: I love that. You know, I think as you're talking, A thought came to my mind, you know, the last podcast we did, we talked a lot in depth about, you know, abuse and you asked me something. You said, Oh, I mean, just go back. Like, were you angry? And you know, and I talked about, I really, I never expressed, I really introvertly you know, was, I guess, anger or, you know, the disappointment, whatever it was, expressed negativity, expressed a different way. And it was because I was conditioned that way. I didn't have a space growing up. If I got angry in front of my stepdad, I would get his wrath. So I was conditioned To not express that way, and I express the negativity, all those you know things in different ways about my own you know own internalization, right? But you know, you were had this different conditioning growing up, and so I know you mentioned something that really stuck with me that I think is, it was more conditioning. You said, you know, getting angry about it's kind of my nature, and you know, it's really not your nature. Your nature is divine, but You have this conditioning where that – and that's where you you say we keep turning back to doing the same thing. It's because there's conditioning. You look at like just in psychology and, you know, Pavlov's law where he did with the dog and conditioned the dog to salivate when he rang the bell because he started out by giving the dog food. He would ring a bell and then give the dog food. So he learned to salivate knowing when the bell rang, he goes, oh, I'm going to get food. So he started salivating. So that's conditioning. We learn these things and that's just – like why we're all on such a different journey. It's like how can we judge for what you may turn to and what I may turn to when we were conditioned in different ways through different experiences as as children and just um, from family generations.
1: Right, right. And there's there's a few um, there's a few people in my life recently who. Um, One of them in particular, actually, is a a friend. He's an interesting old man. Uh, I met him through my business. Um, We've been friends and just kind of associates for, I don't know, probably six years now. And since I moved to Hawaii, um, we became a lot better friends because he lives in Hawaii. And so he's just like this, you know, 60 plus year old man that we, you know, we love and he comes around our home and he's, you know, he's a sweet guy. And he asked me, um, a little over a year ago, do you think it would be possible for me to be accepted into your church? And I just kind of laughed. And I'm like, uh, yeah, Totally, like that's what we do. We share the gospel, and so he took the missionary discussions, and we went through all the discussions with him, and he ended up getting baptized. And it was a really, really wonderful experience for us, and just to see him and like his fresh, renewed spirit, and all the beautiful things, and the you know the this he received the uh, you know priesthood, and and then I would say, you know, a couple months later he's, he started not showing up at church and I'd call him and, you know, just kind of cool. Like nothing like too pressury or weird, but I'm like, Hey, just wanted to know I missed you, you know, genuinely missed you. Um, and anyway, so recently, so this went on for a while and and it's been about a year now that he hasn't really been coming to church. Um, recently I finally got to sit down and ask him, what's up? you know, just tell me like, there's no judgment. I, I just want to know, like, what's your deal? Why aren't you coming to church? What happened? I thought that m- my intention and my vision for you was a year after you got baptized, you, you know, we'd be going to the temple with you. Like you'd be receiving your endowments and we would be learning on this path together. And he just, you know, he didn't really want to share with me like all of his issues. I understand, you know, he's a single 60 year old man. Like I'm not trying to like get it all into his head and make judgment calls or anything, but he did share with me. And I could sense that his upbringing and his programming and his experiences of his past could not, it's like he got baptized and he was so fresh and so clean. And then that same programming that he was raised with like forever, you know, he, he hasn't been able to overcome that. I'm not saying that he won't, I still have faith and pray for him and believe that he's still on his journey, but his journey that I wanted him to go through was this like perfect, Oh, you got baptized and then you got the priesthood and then in a year you're going to go to the temple, you know? And that's not the journey that he's choosing. And I do believe that the journey that he could choose is that, and, and people do, right? They do keep their covenants and they do walk that path. But in this instance, he's not. And it's been, an, been kind of like, I don't want to say it's hard for me, but you know, I'm like looking at him and I'm like, man, I really love you. Like I really care about you as a person and I want you to choose differently. And your routines and your conditioning are not setting you up to choose that. And so what do you, what do you do? What do you guys do? Like, I, I don't really know. I'm, I'm bringing this up because it's something that's been on my heart and I've been watching him kind of struggle. And, and I think it, it goes with people who are not even in the church too. Like you see people who just repeatedly just live out and just play out like the same routine of being a victim or Um, you know, making bad decisions or all of that, like how does your past and your conditioning and that routine play into who you are and how can you change it? (laughs) Yeah, good question.
0: But it is changeable. That's a hundred percent sure. But it is, um, the greatest thing is that God, the savior, they're going to take into uh, an account all of those things that affected your, your life and maybe your ability to see things more clearly. I have a you know, brother who, who does struggle with um, drinking um, alcohol addiction and it's constant, and, but I see the valiant spirit inside of him. But I see why he turns to alcohol too, to numb a lot of the things happen as, um, you know, as we were a child. Now, when I was in um, the MTC um, just getting ready to serve my mission, I remember very distinctly thinking, and so this again, this is conditioning this is all again when I say conditioning it 's just you know we kind of learn to operate in certain ways because of how we 're brought up or because of family patterns that's just that 's just a norm. however, the Lord can really come in and show us those false traditions or those false beliefs, and he can uh, our unbeliefs basically he can turn those around for us when we one hundred percent turn to him. And maybe we have to 100% turn to him many times. I'm not saying it's just like this one moment. But when I was in the MTC, I, I remember just believing that I was less than and, and wasn't really as special as the others, and that's why I was abused. It was just a thought that like, made me think that was normal. The, the branch president, so we have a little you know, branch that we go to church in the MTC, and his, the branch president's wife came in to say hi to my companions and I in our dorm room or whatever it's called. And she looks at me, and I don't know how she dis- she must have just discerned that I was struggling with my inner belief, my inner value, because she looked at me and she said, "Sometimes God allows his most virtuous children to go in the most difficult situations, because they're the ones that um, can overcome and make a change in family history, our family patterns." And I was like. Oh my goodness. I never thought of myself as, Oh, maybe I was actually valuable. And that's why he knew he would, I would be extra strong to be able to be in that situation. So, so point being sure there's conditioning, but when you turn to see who you are and your worth to him and believe it and start acting upon that, that's how he starts to change your heart. And that really shifted for me and my mission, I started growing closer to the savior and to, um, our father and just learning from them, the value learning from them, the worth, um, from multiple experiences, like I shared even on the last pod, but that's how I started going, okay, well, I want to have a higher you know, sense of self-worth. I want to have more confidence. I want to love myself. I want to not have this conditioning to like, just beat myself up, for example. So it's, it's changeable. That's why we're here to change,
1: right? So I think what would be really valuable for our listeners would be for us to talk about some conditioning that we had, uh, maybe psychologically or emotionally or spiritually, um, that we knew was not serving us, and and how how each of us can change. You know, how can each of us change? Um, I'm trying to think of like what comes to mind for me, like right off the bat. Um, Mine are mostly related to my marriage, I guess, because that's like the current life situation, you know, that I'm in. Um, I think, I don't know if I've shared this before, but I've noticed only recently, so I'm coming up on 14 years of being married next month will be our 14 year anniversary. And I would say only in the last year And I'm like, I don't want to say I'm like embarrassed or ashamed to admit this. It's just real. And some of you will probably appreciate this, especially if you're you're more newly married or younger. Um, Only in the last year have I really come to a place of total confidence and just happiness within myself where most of the things that my husband does or says or is or doesn't do or doesn't say or isn't. Okay, they don't really affect me, and for the most part, I can kind of not laugh at him, but laugh at the situation in a very like removed way, where I'm not like jumping into the vortex of emotion and like what it means and all the turmoil and the anguish. And I've found that I was able to do that. Um, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint like one specific thing. I will tell you though. Um, A few months ago, Kyle, I don't even know what it was. This is the beautiful thing about the atonement and, and forgiveness. Like it doesn't matter really what it was, but he said something and it really made me mad. Like, you know how it is. Like, you know, you get so triggered by your spouse and like all the meaning behind like everything that they're saying to you. And you're so, it's like, you're so interdependent and intertwined. And it's like, it's a beautiful thing to be like that in a marriage and at the same time it's like "Ah, like who am i and what do i think and what is my individual relationship with god and not related to what your relationship is with god or isn't right anyway so he said something to me and it was dumb it was definitely dumb and i just looked at him and i'm like you know what (laughs) in the first five years of our marriage that comment right there would have sent me into a tailspin And I would have been, I probably wouldn't have spoken to you for at least a week. Like I would have cried every night and I would have been just like this, I can't, I don't know. Like, I've never felt like I wasn't, like our marriage wasn't going to make it. I've never really gone quite there, but I know probably a lot of our listeners have. And maybe currently are wondering like, is my marriage going to make it? And am I okay? And his, is he okay? Or is she okay? Right. Right. And so I looked at him and I said, you know, in the first five years of our really immature marriage, that would have destroyed me. And today, I'm just going laugh. <laughs> to laugh. I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to say a prayer. And I'm just going to stay up in this super high vibe place. Like, I'm choosing that. And one thing that, that we've started to do in our marriage is, like, instead of, if you ever catch yourself saying to your spouse, well, you made me feel this way. You made me feel so mad. You made me feel so angry or you made me feel so hurt. And I'm so this because of you. I'm so sad because you did this, right? If you ever, ever catch yourself thinking that or saying it, you have to stop right there and take 100% ownership of how you are choosing to feel. And I remember the first time Kyle kind of threw it. We have a great marriage, okay? Like we're just talking about like the little times that are just so annoying, but you're part of every marriage. But there was one time where I said to him, well, you just made me feel so mad. But we had both been doing a lot of work around kind of like relationships and taking ownership and all that. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, I can't make you feel anything. And I was like, hang it, Kyle. Like <laughs> you totally got me. Like, you're right. You're right. And I probably just walked away. I was like, yeah, yeah. You called me out on that one for sure. So I guess what I'm trying to teach and say is in my relationship with my marriage and with my own personal confidence, what I have found as a really, really valuable tool is taking 100% ownership of my feelings and there, there can be no blame at all. Even we've talked about like going to church and someone bearing a super weird testimony or you listening to some, you know, church history thing that you're kind of like, oh, that's weird. Like everything about it is your choice. Like you get to make that decision. And when we take those things to the Lord and to the scriptures, which is the pattern that is the routine that the Lord has set for us, not because he's some kind of like dictator, like do what I say, but he's like, this is the pattern, you guys. Like if you want to be close to me, I want to, I want to be close to you. And the pattern for doing that, for gaining confidence, for overcoming those routines of you know, your, your psychological or your mental, like the way that you think or used to think, all of that programming is done by following the prescription or recipe that the Lord has set for us. Um, and there's, there's a lot of work to be done around that, right? I think it's important. To, like I said, um, that took me 13 and a half years. <laughs> okay. So maybe me sharing it with you will cut, shave off some of the time for you. Um, you guys are probably a lot more evolved, wonderful beings than I am, but, um, that's been my journey as a wife, um, to learn those lessons.
0: Thanks for sharing that. It's super, it's super relatable, even though like for those of us that aren't married, it's still relatable in everything we do. And you know, I, I love the, the vulnerability with you sharing it, but also it's just, it's so real. And I was thinking, you know, if like even last time when you asked like, you know, about me getting angry with my step that I never did, but I will say I did project, um, anger towards my mother. And I was um and and I didn't I never get like angry and upset and yell by by all means, but I did blame. And so the anger came out in blame towards my mom because I didn't feel protected as a child by her. And so I then in turn just would treat her um very unkindly at times. And and I just thought I could just get away with it. I could get away with not being very kind to her. And what I remember very distinctly, this wasn't that many years ago she said to me, how come you speak to me like this? And it just, Oh, it made me, I I went all of a sudden like, wow, my mom has feelings. Like I need to stop taking this blame and putting it on her. And that's where, you know, if we don't resolve it, it gets projected somewhere. And so I just, I realized like honoring thy father and thy mother, I wasn't obeying that commandment. And I, And I've sensed that moment that she said it, that just put me into check. And she said it super kindly. Um, And I was able to address with her, um, like the feeling of not feeling protected by her. And I was also able to address that actually with my savior more than even with my mother and just understanding like, and I got this just visual of my mom. She was this young girl that got married young and trying to do what was right got married to, you know, a church going guy in the temple and was like, Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And she felt scared. She felt scared to be able to make it on her own with two kids. And, 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 and so she was just living through different things that weren't allowing her to protect us in the way that she would She wasn't able to see it at that time because she had so many things in front of her face. So, um, so like you're saying, like, it's just that blame will go to other people and taking back that ownership of our actions. When I, when my mom kind of said that really kindly, I went, I don't want to, I want, I want to take ownership of this. Yeah. I don't need to treat my mother this way. I don't need to speak to her this way. And you know, it's just little slight things. I'm not, but still, that isn't that the worst, the little slight things, because they're so slight that they're actually hard to address. (laughs) It's like if it's this huge major blowout, it's like, seriously, how could you throw this across the room? You know, you have something to like tangible to talk about. When it's slight, it's like, I don't even know how to talk to him about it because there's nothing I can really, it's like so minimal. I can hardly even put um, words to what's going on, you know, and that's what I was doing with my mom. And so now I work on really just um, honoring my mother and my father, no matter their weaknesses. And like we talked about last time, because you do not have to, we do not have to blame anyone because we have a loving heavenly father and mother and savior that we can turn to for every single need that we have. If that girl that I told you guys about, the cerebral palsy from being a failed abortion attempt and abandoned can have so much love in her heart because her relationship is founded on them and not an earthly parent. I mean, how much more can we?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really like what you said. I want to point this out. You said what your mother said, why are you speaking to me in this way? What a powerful question! I guess what I want everyone listening to do is is to maybe take some take some inventory in your own life and listen to the way you're speaking to others. Listen to the way you're speaking to you know, your spouse, if you're married, like the the tone and the way that you speak to him, is that a routine? Is that like a bantery back and forth thing that you guys have decided is acceptable, but really like in the heart of hearts, like when you think about the love that you have for this person and the love that the savior has for them is the way you're choosing to speak to them, no matter what they've done to you. That's not the point, like at all. It's your personal responsibility for how you're speaking to them or your children. And this is a hard one. And I am not about trying to put mom guilt. Cause let me just tell you, my kid shot me in the armpit with an airsoft gun the other night (laughs) at close range. I lost it. The kid is probably going to be scarred. Like we're going to have to go through some like forgiveness and some counseling. I was so, it was the end of a day and I, I was a really, it was like one of my hardest days. And then to get shot with a freaking gun, like I was so mad, you guys. Oh, Anyway, that's a whole other story. Just sharing my reality right now. But the way I spoke to him was unacceptable, like unacceptable in my anger. You know, he, kids are so sweet. I'm sorry, mommy, I love you. You know, it's done. Like it's forgiven and it's wonderful. But think about the way that you speak to others and ask yourself, why am I speaking to you this way? Right? And be willing to kind of take the time to look at the reasons why um that programming and like that what you've chosen to um think is acceptable or act is acceptable um i think it's a really powerful lesson so
0: yeah, yeah. i agree there's really only two realms of energy charity which is love and kindness and that's really you know god's energy and then negativity which is fear based and satan so you, it's just pretty black and white in the sense if i'm speaking or operating out of the other side anything that's that negative energy and what's that really uh what's that really motivated from who's really in in influencing that and so it's for me once i you know can kind of put it in that context i'm like oh oh i don't want to be friends with any of them i don't want any of that type of stuff, so okay, so I want to and I just ask God like can I please enter like and feel like expand my heart with your charity or with your love. I don't, I, you know, I will help me have that love for my mother. And when I did that, I actually did have like this moment of just, I just say, how, how would you like to see, how would you like me to see her so I can resolve this blame that I have that she didn't protect my me and my brother as a child. And I just, I just saw this, you know, beautiful woman who just was trying her best to just do what was right. And just I just saw her just with this love instead of this judgment. And I've never um, had that. I haven't had that like little things boil up inside of me since. I think you're right. It's good to kind
1: of gone. Like you really just don't have that energy in you anymore.
0: I don't, it doesn't mean that other things that she'll say that I'm like, ah, mom, like, you know, I don't know how to log in. It doesn't work for me. And I'm like, ah, my gosh, if I have to explain the computer to you one more time, you know? So yeah, like (laughs) little, little things like that. Like you got to double click. I was. I'm like, no, double click. Oh, okay. I, okay, I just clicked once. I'm like, right. So, so I'm not saying that as a human, I don't get frustrated as those things. Yeah, but uh, how I used to, it would just be under that surface, and it would boil boil up at any little tiny thing. No, that doesn't happen to me anymore. Once I turn that over to the Savior, which is just and seeing her through His eyes, and that's the beauty of what we can do: turning it over to the Savior. When I'm feeling judgment or anger or even feeling like impure thoughts in a sense of like um just not, not impure like moral but just whatever type of thoughts those that aren't re- Usually, judgment yeah judgment i would say i just go oh my gosh i did you know today at church and i i somewhat cast a judgment at someone they were speaking and i was like uh, and i went oh no i don't want i'm so sorry and i just asked for forgiveness i said please Take that judgment. I don't help me see where it's coming from within myself, like because that's obviously all about me. Our judgment to others is all about ourselves. And I just said, just you know, take it, please, please, please. And I just and I and then I just I actually forgot about it till just now because I listened to the whole rest of the lesson and she was just it was beautiful. Her lesson was great. It was so it's just funny how whatever it comes from, it's just something inside of us.
1: Well, I also think too that the lesson that I'm pulling from this that I think is super valuable is. When you do have in, in your relationships, especially with people who you're very close to, when you do have this kind of constant like conflict, and like you said, it's not it's not huge, like why did you throw that across the room, but it's just like this, all these little things, oh, you did it this way, oh, you did it that way, oh this and that, and you know what I mean, all of those things, you have to really stop and ask yourself, what is this really about? Why am I treating you? Why am I, why am I talking to you like this like? what is the reason? Like, there is a reason. What am I really mad about? And it's not difficult to figure out. Like, you know, it's right there. It, it's, it's residing somewhere in your body. Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it's in your stomach. Maybe it's, you know, like in your chest. It's your armpit. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the bullet hole wound that's in my armpit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when you kind of have a little bit of a icky feeling around someone or a judgment and it's just kind of this constant thing. You have to really stop. If you want to clear it, you have to acknowledge that there is something there. Take personal responsibility for it. Ask the Lord to be a part of the clearing and through the atonement of our savior to clear that out. It's like, it's like a magic wand. You guys, it's a beautiful magic wand and it can clear out anything. I really really
0: believe that I agree thank you for sharing that's a fun lesson to talk about it's really a good reminder for me so thank you and thank you everybody for being on with us today it's great to great to feel um, your energy through you know the podcast so
1: yeah awesome
0: All right. bye. bye thank you for joining us on the sisters in Zion podcast Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday Best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.